Welcome to the Dirty Slides Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Prano, here at the Laz Lair with my co-host, Andy Laz Lazarus. What it is, Joe? How are you doing, Andy? Well, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I would yep. say my le- I'm concerned about, you know, the Warriors. Um, I know the rest of the world is excited because um, we, we got a series, man. Yeah. We got a fucking series. The rest um, of the, uh, you know... Sort of a dirty sports uh, podcast network rule is we try not to blend too much. You know, we're the baseball podcast. Right, we're the but, baseball podcast. But I'm gonna. But you asked me how I was doing. Yeah, I'm asking you how you're doing. <laughs> but I'm gonna also give you the 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 free reign to talk Warriors because this is this affects you personally. Sure. But also because uh, in the the group of people not excited, your boy, your your compatriot. Your fellow Andy on the Dirty Sports Podcast Network, Andy Ruther, yeah. who said zero percent chance that the Warriors lose in Oakland. The series is over. Yeah. It's a five game series. It's done. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni's a clueless clown and it's over. Uh, okay. Oh. Well, okay. Well so, he's wrong. So so well, the good news is later today, Andy will be donning the L chain. On, <laughs> oh good. He's not sticking the L chain up his ass think, or anything I weird. I think the rule if I if I recall, I believe it is if they win, if the Rockets win this series, he has to shove the L chain up his ass. I I don't want that to happen. Yeah, but but nice, here's the here's nice the good thing. Silver lining There's for a you silver lining. fans. Yeah, yeah. There's a silver lining for everything, um, and I also have complete confidence that if he if the Warriors win and he does not shove the L chain up his ass, something else will come up where he will threaten <laughs> to shove the L chain yeah. up his ass. So. It it'll happen. He's eventually. like, we're rolling it over to the finals. If they lose there, I'll shove it up my oh, ass. Yeah. It's like, people, I'm going to shove this hell chain up my ass in some way. You uh, now losing a game in Oakland is what has, has to have you a little bit worried. Yeah, I mean, you get PTSD from Game Seven, 2016. Now you're in a best of three series with the Rockets, which you're far more talented than, but. Two of those games take place in Houston. More importantly, like I've been saying on the Dirty Sports Podcast, two of those games do not take place in Oakland. True. That's the true true. Home, the true home court that the Rockets have in this series is that when they're at home, they're not in Oakland. True, true. Um, and, you know, the good, the good news, let's talk about the good news. The good news is we won already there. Right. Um, the other good news is generally... I haven't reviewed the game and I haven't studied it. So you I went know. to the Dodgers game. Last I went to night. the Dodgers game instead. Um, not because by baseball greater than everything. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's baseball. It's yeah. the beautiful game. Um, and and we had great seats and it was gorgeous and all the things. And I was completely hammered. And I know two Dodgers hit a home run and I know one of them was Puig, but I can't <laughs> for the life of me remember who the other guy was. Um, uh, okay. So the good news is they're playing good defense. The bad news is they're a little out of sorts um, offensively, it seems like. And um, I think Steve Kerr has got to make some adjustments in his rotations. And remember, 
you know, you ain't saving these guys for anything. This is it. Right. Now is now. Um, In fact, now is almost more now than than the next series because you can. We could lose the series. Yeah. You need to win the series to get the next series. Right. But also, this is probably a tougher test than whoever you might face in the finals. Yeah. I don't don't, want to look past these Rockets. Right. Um, And yesterday, um, I did call um, both James Harden and Chris Paul. Chokers. Heartless quitters. Yeah. Yeah. Which they proved for one game, they're not. And you know what was amazing? And uh, you were tweeting Thanos yeah. gifts. And I said, I will. The first five minutes, I saw 12 nothing. Yeah. I thought Thanos Infinity War but you, you, gauntlet. I have been a little bit less critical of James Harden and Chris Paul as quitters because. Um, as I've said, I don't know if you listen to Chris Bosch on Simmons, mm. but Chris Bosch said uh, in that in the OKC Heat series, their their only goal was to, to shut down James, James Harden. Harden. Yeah. So I give him a pass on that one. Yeah, and then like yeah, a couple of years ago when he got, but he got sent to the bench. Remember, and then they had the big comeback, right. and that was the thing. I, that was I like, give I give. Um, Chris Paul more shit than I give James Harden. Right. And I give Chris Paul a break because he's been with Doc Rivers this whole time. <laughs> sure. which, so, like, I think there are certainly things that have hinted that they both might be quitters. But, like, I haven't made my ruling officially on either of them with that yet. Yeah. And last night when they start 12 nothing, I was like, oh, no, they're quitters. Yeah, right. Right. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're not. Maybe they're, <laughs> maybe they're not. So, you know, good on Chris Paul and yep. James Harden to fight. Um, you know, you kind of gave me the rundown of what you saw. Um, I think the Warriors, uh, got to sort out what they're doing on offense and because it seems like their defense is fine. They held the Rockets to 95 points. Yep. They should score more than 95 points. So, um, I think they got away with having Nick Young in the series. Um, he was playing kind of okay defense which for Nick Young, Nick Young is amazing is, I'm not I'm I'm like I'm just straight up not a Nick Young fan at this point and oh, I've, yeah, I, I, get I said it. the I, other day I go statistically I know it's proven that he has made a shot in his NBA career yeah. I've just never seen it I didn't like the signing because it seemed like frosting not the cake you know it seemed like the ultimate Jerry West is gone <laughs> the most on Jerry West move ever yeah it does like he walks away for like three minutes he's like I've been gone two minutes you signed Nick Young yeah yeah, and I think it it hindered the development of Patrick McCaw, who was yeah. coming along, um, who now is not no, anywhere. He's, he Vince Carter killed him. Yeah, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the Warriors got to get it together. I'm saving my I'm saving my real like I want to go deep with you on this, but I have to save some. Maybe for I the can dirty come. Sports. Maybe I'll come on Dirty Sports and we can do a deep dive if yeah, we get a, yeah. a game seven or something yeah. like that. Um, and obviously, I have so much Mike D'Antonio to talk. Tune into the Dirty Sports yeah. podcast later today. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll give you guys a quick preview. Uh, the the stat that came out last night was you guys turned the ball over sixteen times, and uh, and had. 14 assists. And the assist numbers is And bad. 16 was your highest number of turnovers in the playoffs. Right. And you averaged 29 assists a game. Yeah. No, the, so the, 16 turnovers, 14 assists, as opposed to, like, 29 assists, uh, to which I replied to that stat that was tweeted, fake news, Mike D'Antoni doesn't coach defense. <laughs>
Yeah, I think you can't have 16 and 14. You can have 16 and 29. And get away with it, but you can't have. Especially against the Rockets, you can you know you can get into the sloppy. Let's all hey, let's have a sloppy jump shooting contest, right? Um, but yeah, maybe well, you can't. Maybe you can't. When's the next Dirty Sports? Um, what, the next game is Thursday. Yeah. Um, are you guys recording Thursday? We record tonight. You record tonight. Yeah. Okay. We record later tonight. Comes out tomorrow, and then we'll record again on Sunday. Okay. So it'll be Thursday. I'm not going to be here Sunday. Right. So if you wanted to do it tonight, maybe we'll we'll talk about it after the air. Great. Cool. All right. So the Warriors are in a fight. Yep. I'm not going to say they're in trouble, but they're in a fight. You know? So we'll see. Congratulations, world. You got what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> when I left here yesterday, you were like... You were no, like, I was like, "Fuck them!" You were like, no, "Fuck them!" To- you're, you're also just like angry at me. Like, I think you, you, you. At this point, you've started to refer to the Rockets as like you guys and like <laughs> your team. And I'm like, I'm still a Knicks fan, man. I know you're a Knicks fan, but and I know you're a LeBron fan, and I know you're a D'Antoni fan. But all your fandoms always line up against the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. So, so. it is you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's. I'm uh, not saying you and Nick Wright are the same person. Right. That's what I'm saying. But that's not what I'm saying. I, you know what? Nick Wright and I have a lot in common. He also is a giant Odell Beckham fan. He is. And I and didn't he, even he's know. A like, LeBron, he's a LeBron he's, slurper. He's a LeBron, a LeBron slurper. But he's right. Like, I, I'm not, the, but he's a Warriors hater, too. You can be a LeBron slurper and not be a Warriors hater. Right. He's yeah. a Warriors I'm hater. I'm not a Warriors hater. No. I'm not rooting for them. No. I, I think the the Kevin Durant thing is obviously that 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 really soured me. But you know, look, I know I I because I, I was the guy. I understand your take that it's I not fair to a point, but life isn't fair, Joe. Right. And sports aren't fair. I'm just saying, go all the America's way back. not fair. Go all the way back to the original Prenostradamus. I said. This team is a championship team if they fire Mark Jackson. They fire Mark Jackson. I picked them to win it all. Yes, they you went did. from seven to best team in basketball. They won it all. I was right. Everybody else was wrong. Right. And then it was that's, like that's fine. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with the. It's not fair that Kevin Durant's right. on the team. Well, it's not fair. But well, yes, that's true. But nothing is fair. I right. mean, is, is it fair that I look like a young George W. Bush? <laughs> no, but I carry on. Yeah. You know. If, if America was fair, we'd be living on a commune, and you'd be growing radishes, and I'd be growing turnips, and we'd trade for them. Yeah. But we don't do that. Right. Right. I just hope that – and I'm glad it hasn't happened so far. People have been critical of Steve Kerr, yeah. which I think they should be. I think they should be, too. Uh, people have been critical of Kevin Durant's last possession, which I think they totally should – totally fair. I, I think is, is only fair if people are going to like – Get on LeBron James for throwing to wide open Kyle Corvers for you know game winners as opposed to just like dribbling yourself into a bad situation and no that was the right play to, yeah that LeBron made the right play um, and Kevin Durant to to his own admission did not make the right play right the right play would be rise um, up and score but I just hope war like and you haven't done it yet and so that's good is like th- there's you talk Warriors fans about the LeBron championship. Series and uh, it's like oh, Draymond got suspended and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Like I'm just glad there hasn't been like a well, Iguodala was hurt. It's like well, you still had your four all stars. So you you did have your four all stars, but I I will tell you this that um, Iguodala, if they want if they beat uh, Houston last night at home without Iguodala, 
It's a little bit of a just like a graduation ceremony yeah. for the rest of those guys because uh, Igadala is always referred to as the adult in the room. Right. You know, they all can get a little silly. I did also say yesterday that the Warriors have managed to do something that I didn't think was possible, and that's make the Hamptons even douchier. <laughs> <laughs> like I am. Like now I got to hear the Hamptons five. I'm oh, like, well, I mean, listen. Like if they lose, there's going to be all sorts of hilarious Hamptons memes, yeah, yeah. and you're going to be in hog heaven. Yeah. So congratulations. Well, let's get to what but, we come but, to the yeah, last. Let's get to, let's to the get last to layer to do. Let's talk yeah. some baseball. Yeah. Um, what I've noticed is when we go around the league, it's generally it's sort of like when you're watching your hair grow you know mm-hmm. like you don't notice that your hair is growing but then when you get a haircut you're like oh, oh shit you look, right. you look like you lost 10 pounds yeah every week uh you know it's just like a little bit different than it was the week before but this week i've got to say when you look around the league a lot of things have really started to sort of flush themselves out things start to separate let's start with the al west okay. the the astros now have the best record in all of baseball, behind the Boston Red, Red Sox. Sox, the Red Sox are still are thirty three and fifteen. The Astros are now have the second highest winning percentage of baseball, thirty one and eighteen. They're now a full two games up on Seattle and a full four and a half up on the Angels. So those three teams were kind of hanging around for a while. The Mariners are still hanging around, but the Mariners lost. Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano, which I think is like a long-term, you know, sort of an issue that you're going to see affect them in the long term. The Angels. Because it's 80 games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Half the year. Half the year. Yeah. Um, the Angels have dropped to four and a half back. Your A's five and a half back. And the Texas Rangers, 12 and a half back. My A's did sweep Toronto at Toronto. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Chris Davis and the boys. But... Uh, it's like it went back and forth for a while. There was three teams that were like bunched up there, and I feel like that the Astros, who we both like to return to the World Series, yes. Now I know two games isn't a lot, but now just being out two games, like I think this is like the, we don't look back, right? And plus they're playing the Giants, so they sh- will probably sweep them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is the we don't look back portion of the season for Houston. I feel like. I really you hope. So you don't think the Angels will come up on them in August and September, or the Mariners? I really hope that the Angels and Seattle both are hanging around yeah. in terms of like a wild card. But at this, I know it's crazy to say like, oh, they're two games up. But like, I now am not really worried about the. So Astros you think this is the, the beginning of the end for the AL West? Yeah, yeah. For in terms of winning the division, yeah. Um, because again, Angels four and a half. That's a big gap when you're chasing the Astros. That's a big gap. And, and it's, it's Mariners only two. I'm, I'm not trying to throw any disrespect to, to the Mariners. I actually, I want the Mariners to be good. I like it when the Mariners are good. Um, but no Cano for 80 games. That's, that's going to be tough. It's a big hole in the middle of your lineup. Yeah. Um, that the, means Nelson Cruz has to stay healthy and be 45-bomb Nelson Cruz. Right. And D. Gordon's got to not get busted for roids again. Yeah, and I and I think that they can be good, and yeah. I hope that they are hanging around the the uh, the wild card. Yeah, AL Central, huge news from the AL Central. Somebody is five hundred or somebody better. is five hundred. The Cleveland is it Indians the Cleveland Indians are now twenty three and twenty three. Congratulations! Congratulations Cleveland. to the AL Central as a group. Yeah, uh, you, we get to talk about you. Yeah, now. we get to talk about you again. <laughs> uh, Cleveland is five hundred. They're a game and a half up on Minnesota. 
and they're three and a half up on Detroit. Kansas City and the White Sox have returned to their glory days uh, <laughs> of being like also Rams in that division. Yeah. yeah. You guys had a fun little run there. Yeah, both, that was cute. Both of you had a little World Series runs. Yeah. Yeah. Casey got one though, so you got. I think you got to give Casey a little bit more than the Chicago White Sox. Chicago got one. Didn't no, they? they? Oh shit! They got one. I, yeah. I, that's right. That's right. They uh, they beat they beat the Astros. Oh, that's back when the Astros were in the National League. Yeah. Oh, it was the Clemens uh, Andy Pettit Andy Petty. But that's right. But eight and a half back. So you guys got one some, right. at some point in the last fifteen years. Not bad. Better than um, the Dodgers. Cleveland. Yeah, five hundred. So okay, congratulations. Hey guys, we talked about you. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about you. You're five hundred. Don't go under five hundred. Yeah, it'd be better. It'd be better if you could stay five hundred. Right. Uh, the AL East, Boston is only a half game up in the Yankees. They're thirty three and fifteen. Yankees thirty one and fourteen. So, AL East back on fire. Yeah. My apologies. Sorry to the Yankees, who I said Houston now has the second best winning percentage. They've actually they both have thirty one wins, okay. but the Yankees have played four less games. So, and then everybody else in the division: Toronto, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, all. 10-plus games back. How great is Mookie Betts? Fantastic. Got to be a top-five player right now. Yeah. At, you know, no question. De- definite MVP candidate. I mean, I have not watched any full Boston Red Sox games, but when they're on and Mookie Betts is up, I do not change the channel. Yeah. He's that kind of hitter right now. Now, it, I feel like Betts is still relatively young, right? Like he's, yeah, very young. Like, I think he's twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, he's not. He's not stupid. Like twenty years old. No, but he's like. How much better can he get? I don't because know. Because like you're saying he's a he's an MVP candidate kind of mm-hmm. guy. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's and this is to me right now. He's the closest thing to Mike Trout. You know, as far as stud outfielder. Yeah. You know, just. I mean, he's crushing balls. Yeah. Left field, right center, everywhere. And he's not that big a dude. No. You know, it's all about that posture and leverage, man. Yeah. I mean, you know? that's that's the the new thing in baseball. I mean, we've seen Altuve won the MVP last year. Yeah. It's unlike other sports where, you know, we've talked about the NBA and the unicorns. And, like, now to be essentially, essentially now and moving forward, you have to be a freak size and then add like small guy things. Yeah, you, well, need, you basically think, need to be a seven foot. You like Kevin I think Durant. Mookie Betts and Altuve are the unicorns of baseball. Right, right. It's just like They're going the, the other way. The new unicorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, their technique is perfect, and it's got to be when you're that small. You know, so it's like uh, I don't know, like Tim Lincecum. Yeah, you know. Do you think that there's anything to? The idea that if you're if you're a physical specimen, that maybe baseball's not the first thing that you take a shot at, and that a guy like Altuve, I mean, the Latin guys, it's it like it's, it's not like culture. Altuve was going to be. It's not like if he was six feet tall, he'd be in the NBA. No, yeah. But um, a guy like Mookie Betts, is it like? Well, I could do baseball. Yeah, I could dominate baseball. Yeah, it's probably like, what's more fun for me, being a DB in the NFL or being a stud right fielder in the big leagues? Yeah, I'm going big leagues. Yeah, like those guaranteed contracts. Also, I can just say like, I like this or I don't like this yeah. in Major League Baseball, and not have to worry about being blackballed from the league. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. I like, I like French fries. They're like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> not on our watch. Yeah. You gotta you gotta be focused on the game. Yeah. Football and only. Uh so two two horse race, Yankees, Red Sox, and you know, we talked about the those West teams that would be hanging around a wild card. Uh but like what fun that will be when the the winner uh, the loser of the AL East between those teams gets to play like a a one game playoff with, with the, the Angels the Mariners or, or the, the Angels. Right? Like, yeah. give it to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give me, give me Otani. All Stanton. you want, all you want in your life is the Yankees play that one game playoff against Otani. Uh, all, all <laughs> I want. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And I want them to hit that game because they're like, we have one game for the whole year. Does he not hit when he when he pitches? No. That's he doesn't hit stupid. when he pitches, and he pitch and he hits about and he DHs about three times a week. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like it either. There's, there's. I read a long article about you know was his like usage going to be was that something that was discussed in where he was going to sign and where he wasn't going to sign. Yeah. He wants to be playing more, right? Um, As he should, and, he's and a there's baller. a six man rotation. So he's also pitch. He's pitching less than a regular starter, and he's hitting less than a regular starter. But meanwhile, he's also fucking dominating. Mike Sosha, quit overthinking it, dude. Stop being an old fucking fucking loser. old baseball. Just like guy. get with it. Yeah, man. Yeah, like seriously, does anybody have more rope than this fucking guy, Mike Sosha? No. He won a World Series almost twenty years ago. Yeah. And they've been had the best player in the world, and they've been shitty. Yeah, is he the Tyrone Tyrone Lou of baseball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's like the Doc Rivers, where it's like he, he had a perfect situation, right? And then he managed and to be mediocre. Came, yeah, and everything came together, and then now he's just like wasting talent. Yeah, we're yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I understand the fear of you know throwing him out there to hit while he's pitching. Um, he can get hurt, zaba daba daba do, but man, let the man play ball. Yeah, I, yeah, and again, I understand not having him hit when he's pitching because, like, you know, especially in the AL, like suddenly you're trotting your guy out there, and if you get into these bat flipping, we're gonna hit their pitcher. They're gonna sure. hit our like you. That's something you don't have to worry about. Also in the AL. on the bases too. Yeah. you know, something um, you don't have to worry about in the AL, and then suddenly you're gonna put him. But like, fine, let him DH every other day. Yeah, let him DH every day except the day before he pitches. Sure. Why not? Yeah, why three times a week? Yeah, I, I don't know. Let the man play. We would have let him play every day and pitch in San Francisco. He fucked up. Yeah. Maybe we wouldn't have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, NL West, you were at the Dodgers-Rockies yeah. game last night. Yeah. Dodgers Drunk won. as shit. I know uh, Puig hit a mom. It you don't know huge. who won, but you know Puig. I know. I I literally walked out of there thinking the Rockies had won, and had to, and then looked at my phone. and Was like, oh, the Dodgers won. Dodgers won five three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor and Puig get homers. Okay, Chris Taylor, right? Um, you know, I guess the Dodgers are starting to put it together. The Dodgers are just so talented. You know, even beyond their twenty five man roster. That's why it's right. hard for me to. Say, feel bad for them. Feel bad for them or, like, say they're out of it. Right. Um, they just have studs on studs. They have seven legit major league stud outfielders. I mean, maybe Jock Peterson isn't a stud. Yeah. But No, he's a stud. 
I mean, he hits bombs and he plays and, a decent center field. Yeah, he plays a pretty good center field. He yeah. hits bombs. I mean, he's a big strikeout guy, but so is everybody at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what 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 the hole in Jock Peterson's game was like three years ago is now like, oh, that's what everybody is. Like, yeah, cool. Hit a four hundred foot shot, like launch, launch angle, and yeah. if you don't do that, I, we really don't care how much you miss. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been talking about that for a while since uh, Bryce Harper came up, and Bryce Harper was like, you know the. The, the you know he's the the guy in waiting mm-hmm. and it's like oh he's the next great Bryce Harper will miss pitches by three feet and I'm like I don't curveballs like everything he's like, not gonna miss fastballs by three feet does he, he misses pitches like he just gets like I almost feel like Bryce Harper straight up guesses I think he guesses more often correct than a lot of guys if you were but sometimes i go what the fuck was he swinging at yeah and the mets for a while especially when all of their dudes were healthy Syndergaard, Degrom, even when they had harvey they would just they would feed him fastballs outside and he would just he would take these huge cuts and you'd miss by a foot and you're like i don't i don't know what you're saying but i think that's just part of the game now it's yeah. like well, I also think there's also, you know, something to staying true to who you are as a hitter, you know, and because once if you, you know, if you're big hack guy, be big hack guy. Right. Because if you try to do, you know, adjustments like, oh, I'm just going to place it. Right. You get yourself all fucked up. Yeah. And and that's what makes, you know, the faith of baseball, you know, being a, a ball player so difficult is is, you know staying true to what you do well and not trying to, you know, be fucking Walt Riniak or whatever. But there's also this staying true to like what point where now with analytics and the shift and whatever, like they're, they're now playing, they're making it definitely making it easier for yeah. being big swing and miss guys. They're, for sure. they're, but they're playing now seven guys in short right field against Joey Gallo and, he re- right. he refuses to bunt. He right. refuses to try to go the other way. Yeah, and, and this you know this always brings me back. Anytime I even think about bunting anymore, I think about the idea of Andy Ruther bunting off of Max Scherzer. <laughs> Joey Gallo is a professional hitter uh-huh. who cannot even conceive bunting to a completely empty side of the field. Yeah. So the idea that like this guy can't get a bunt down. Andy Ruther's getting a bunt down against Max Scherzer. Like the idea that he's gonna like bunt it, not, not like no, that's it's not. that's like the 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 argument here is like, well, he could just bunt. I'm like, you guys are not paying attention. Yeah, and you're not respecting how tough bunting can be. Yeah, and how know? good Max Scherzer is. Right, and ma- mainly how good Max Scherzer yeah. is, and then and how terrible at baseball Andy Ruther must be. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado is a game up on Arizona. Arizona, the wheels have fallen off. Uh, they, they AJ w- Pollock get hurt again. Yep. Yeah. And they're now a game over five hundred. Wow. You're a game under five hundred. You're okay. two games back. You're hanging around. That's all I can ask for. And those they, guys the right divisions now. come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. So you're you're only two games back, even though you're game under. Dodgers twenty one and twenty seven, four and a half back. San Diego refusing to bring bring back the Brown, even though. Honestly, I feel like they are within striking distance of their six and a half games back. You are a uniform change away from being in the mix again. I think I think San Diego has has made it, you know, so 
so hard for us to talk about them, not only because of the uniform thing, but they're under 500. I think we should give them the same treatment that we give the AL Central or any division that doesn't have 500. Like, we're not going to speak your name until, A, one of two things happens. Yeah. You go back to the Brown or you yeah. get to 500. Get get to 500 and we will obviously, you know, we got to talk about you. But if you bring back the Brown, hashtag bring back the Brown. Hashtag bring back the Brown. You're at least showing us that that's what you're attempting. You're like, we are trying to figure it out. Yes. And, like, that's – we'll talk about you if you show us effort. Yeah. We will good faith talk about your organization if you show us that you're trying to be a professional baseball organization. Yeah. It, figure out who you are so we don't have to guess. Yeah. Because right now you're just a phony-ass, shitty Yankees. The NL Central – Andy Laz. I'm going to do it from the bottom up because okay. this is exciting. The Cincinnati Reds are 13 and a half games back. Awesome. The Cardinals, Pirates, and Cubs are all tied three and a half games back of your Milwaukee Brewers. Anything is possible! Milwaukee! You have Brewers, Astros as your World Series. Yes, yeah, right. And your Brewers have been on fire lately. Yeah. And who's been the guy? Has it been Lorenzo Cain? Has it been Santana? I heard I saw the Braun is hurt. They still have that short little uh first baseman who hits yeah, bombs. Yeah, the uh I forget what's that dude's Number name. Number 7. Yeah. Why, black guy? Why, yeah, black guy. Why yeah. am I totally fucking yeah. um Saladino also also the other night uh Homer he had a multi-homer game and I believe he had let me look up the box score because I remember seeing him pop up in uh, – yeah, he had oh, – no, that's not right, is it? They have two they – have, they just have two solo shots. But they uh, – the the Diamondbacks coming off of a sweep by the Mets then get sweeped by the Brewers. The Let's wheels are off. go, Brew Crew. And um, the Brewers are playing great. Uh, another 31-win team. Really? Yeah. Wow. So the, the best record in baseball is the Red Sox, and they got 33. 33 and 15. And then there are – and then Houston, the Yankees, and the Brewers all have 31 wins. You go, Milwaukee. You go, boys. So – and then it's Cubs, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis all bunched up in the middle. Okay. And so Pittsburgh you got, hanging around. Cubs just finding themselves, I imagine. Yeah. Um, Did you see the Javi Baez dive, get up? Get back to the bag, step on it, and turn double play. No, but uh, it sounds it was, it, was, it was absurd. Oh, like dives past second base, yeah. then retreats back to the bag, gets it, and then throws over to first for a solo stupid double play. Wouldn't you one. love to be Javi Baez for one day? Yeah, just to see what it's like. Yeah, and just like throw me, throw me like you know short hops and see how cool I can make it. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. It would be it would be fantastic. Yeah, and then in the NL East, the Atlanta Braves twenty nine and eighteen are a game and a half up on Philadelphia. I'm developing a little bit of a man crush on these young Braves. Look, the Braves have a great like like a super talented young lineup. Core, yeah, and they could be good for a long time. But I that's still a team Just where that I'm pitching. like, yeah, right. it, it, it's the pitching that's. That I think is still questionable. Not just, I mean, look, 
they were they're almost developing faster than anybody thought they would. So they haven't gone out and gotten the guy who's like, oh, let's have this vet. You know, they did that. The Braves like last year or, uh, with um, Cologne. Right. You know, right. And they got this guy. Oh, he's going to eat innings. It's like you also I feel like need that vet. They have a couple of guys for they pitch- need Verlander. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they have a couple to. guys who are pitching fantastic, but also, as as we know, a lot of times the young guys they come up and they look like they're going to be superstars, and then their you know seventh start, the wheels right. come off, or the right. you know after the All Star break, yeah. the, the wheels are off. Like yeah, the league there, has there adjusted. Was a, there was a time where Stephen Matz looked like he was Clayton Kershaw, right. and now Stephen Matz is like, I hope he's our solid third starter. Like, please, <laughs> please, be please, a dude. Please, please, please be, be a, a dude. Yeah, please be a dude. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but you never know. Like, I don't know what state of mind the Braves are in in terms of, like, come All-Star break. Are they making – like, are they dealing for a big guy? Yeah, because are they – do they feel that, like, whoa, we're a year ahead of where, you know, we really thought – 2019 would be our year. No, oh, shit. We're here in 2018. Because the Astros didn't do that. No. And the Astros, like... Until last year. Right. right. And everybody was saying, I mean, Sports Illustrated had the cover. That your 2017 World Series champs. Yeah. In 2015, they get their, they get to the playoffs super early. Keuchel's, you know, a, a Cy Young guy. Right. And they're like... and But they're like, we're kind of holding here. And then 2016, the wheels come off a little bit. And then in 2017, they're like, no, 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 no. no this, is, this is what we've been talking about. Right. Now Carlos Correa is like 22. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Three-time All-Star, 22. Time to, get a, time to get some fucking big-time pitching help. And now we're talking about a potential dynasty. I just don't know what the Braves' state of mind is. And as an NL East guy myself, I'm like, well, you know, you can fuck this up. Yes. And I'm, I'm you're so, hoping for a I'm, fuck up. I'm blatantly <laughs> hoping they do. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I hope they fucking. I hope they trade away, you know, massive amounts of young talent to get Johnny Cueto from you guys, Ooh. and and uh, then he stinks. Yeah, and <laughs> then you know the wheels come off their right. young starters that have been pitching way too well right. in the second half, and suddenly. And everything's okay in Metland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least a little bit better. Right, right. <laughs> so we'll see. I we'll mean, see. really interesting. I, I'm interested to see if they can even keep it up. Philadelphia hanging around and Washington. I mean, from from first to fourth in the NL East is three and a half games. The Mets are 24 and 20. You got yourself a battle. And they're three and a half out. Yeah. Washington's three out. Philadelphia's a game and a half out. Atlanta is leading the division. So I think the only real surprise there, I think, I, I think is is Philly, because I I think we knew that Atlanta was going to have uh, Acuna coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think anybody saw them leading. The I don't division. think anybody saw them having thirty one wins at this point. Now, That's true. Here's a question for you, because I, I w- I'd love to know. Like, do you think that the success of other teams in your city affect like the morale like do you think do you think there's do you think there's anything to the eagles winning, winning. the super bowl leading to like the process being ahead of its time leading to philadelphia being in the mix 
The do Astros think, win the do World Series. Do I think Series? Philly's like, oh, we better get in the mix because these other teams or are getting in the like, mix? Or just like, hey, like people, sports fans are out and excited and like coming to the ballpark right. and like now expect us to win because no one expected the Eagles to win, but they did. And people are like, oh, I couldn't afford Eagles playoff tickets, so I'm going to go to a Sixers game. Right. So I'm going to. I, I, I don't think it hurts. I think it helps, you know, when other teams are being successful. Because I know the Giants kind of had a hold on the city until in the Bay Area, really, except for, you know, the A's fans in Oakland. But, like, um, as the successful franchise, then the Warriors come up, and the Giants are like, oh, shit, we're not the Warriors. You know, now the 49ers are coming up because they got it out of their own way. Yeah. And uh, But, I mean, you look at, like, the Warriors and the Giants. Like, they, there's, cha- there's multiple championships in the last t- 10 years. Right. Where you've got... I mean, the Cavs and the Indians, like the Indians are in the mix suddenly. You yeah. know, the Astros, Rockets. And look at the Browns are doing everything they can to, yeah, yeah. to get some, you know, to get some ink. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The Astros, the Rockets are all good. Um, and the Knicks have not cared for the last 50 years that the Yankees are fucking dominating baseball. Really? Are the Knicks the worst organization in pro sports? They're right one now? of them. They're, you know, I, Organizationally, because I thought the 49ers, after they fired Harbaugh, were definitely one of the worst but it's organizations. Like, it, it's just an ownership. It's it's just straight up an ownership. No issue. question. It's not like organizationally, they're still like I feel like as much as people say, oh, you know, they're never going to get free agents. It's like they're never going to get free agents because of their owner. Like people still want to play in New York. Yeah. People still want to play like with New York on their chest. People still want to play for like the Knicks organization. Well, it's not like the guy doesn't pay anybody. Right. He just pays the wrong people. Yeah. And he's stuck with stupid contracts. There people want to be in the garden. Yeah. You know, people like the NBA wants the Knicks to be good. Right. The garden is still like as much as the garden isn't like state of the art, it's like But great. it's a vibe, dude. Yeah. I mean, like you don't want you don't want the there to be a new garden or then change and anything was, about the yeah, garden. And it's ahead of its time. Like yeah. it's still, you know, like I'd rather be at the garden than at Staples Center. Yeah. Like, oh, no by, question. By far. No question. Um, so it's really just like people just hate James Dolan and no one wants to play for James Dolan. And it's like everything. You've got so many advantages and you still fuck it up, which makes them one of the worst organizations yeah. in sports. <laughs> also, they had Mike D'Antoni. And, and they let him go. And they let him go. <laughs> and they, they basically traded him straight up for Carmelo Anthony. Oh, and it just it just broke your heart. How'd that work out for everybody? <laughs> you know who it worked out great for? Chris Duhon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worked out when he was there. Yeah. And David Lee. And David Lee. Yeah. yeah. He is uh, the ultimate D'Antoni player. Yeah. All O, no D. Yeah. Like he had, I think he had one year he had 60 double-doubles or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He's like, D'Antoni's like, I'll take your shittiest athlete and make him a double-double machine. Are you still comfortable with Astros Brewers? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely comfortable with the Brewers. Um, I'm comfortable with the Astros. I just think, the, man, the Red Sox look really, really great. Yeah. Really good. So um, I'm still comfortable. This year's playoffs is going to be. I'm more comfortable amazing. with the. I'm more comfortable with the Astros, obviously, than I am with my Cardinals pick. But yeah. I'm, I'm still pretty comfortable with Astros Cardinals. Yeah, and I'm super comfortable with the Astros. I'm comfortable with the Brewers because honestly, I have no idea. There's no real dominant team in the NL. Yeah. I mean, like maybe the Cubs, but they can be had. Yeah, you know, 
But I feel like there's some really dominant teams in the AL. And the Astros pitching is just so goddamn deep. It's like that. Yeah, that's... They got all those dudes plus Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to some of the top stories. Uh, this one is one that multiple people dirty slid into the DMs and asked about, but also was already at the top of my list. The yeah. Tampa Bay Rays go with not a starter, not a closer, but what, what they're now one referring the to as an, an opener. Yeah. And instead of a closer, an opener, Sergio Romo pitched. My guy, Sergio yeah. Romo. I always loved Romo. Yeah. And I didn't understand why did he ever leave San Francisco? Um, Just took money from somebody. Like, yeah. Did he go they, to the Dodgers first? Yeah, he went to the Dodgers first. They, that whole, um, they called him the core four. Afelt, Romo, um, Javier Lopez, and San, Santiago Casilla. They were all kind of at the end of their career, end of contract. Um, we were paying big money to Buster, Madison, uh, Matt Cain still, Hunter Pence. Yeah. So it was it was time to just let those guys go and build a new bullpen. That's all it was. Um, Romo is a one-and-a-half pitch guy, but that one pitch we all know is that Frisbee right. slider. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mariano Rivera is a one-and-a-half pitch guy. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And uh, Romo... Uh, Talk about one of the dude pitches of all time was throwing that 86-mile-an-hour fastball, freezing Miggy Cabrera yeah. to win the World Series. Yeah. So, no, he's, big nuts, Sergio Romo. So what the Rays did with him last week is obviously he's got the, the dirty right-handed slide piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Angels, heavy right-handed hitting team, uh, they go with him – Starting back-to-back games and throwing p- about what uh, two innings? Yeah, yeah. Throwing two innings. The first one he gets through the like the first game he goes through two innings. The second game I don't know if he made it full a full two, but he but the point was get through the, like the first six guys in their lineup. Yeah, and or maybe and it might even been the second game he did even like better, and they like they end up going. So the first game he's like going in. And then they're going to have a starter coming after him. And the second game, they just go full bullpen game, yeah. which they've been also doing. Yeah. But now there was a critique that this is, like, bad for baseball. Like, some some fucking assholes. Like, this isn't good. Um, it's but, not more bad for baseball than having a team in Tampa Bay is bad for right. baseball. But also, like, my statement on this is yes. Go yes. for it. Dude, I'm for all of this. Yeah. We are way too, like, the, like, everything about the last 20 years of, like, how to handle your pitchers to me has been wrong. The pitch counts is, like, not everybody is the same person. Let's stop. Let's stop saying that 90 pitches is the same regardless of who you are. Not every pitch is the same. Like, throwing 45 pitches in one inning and then cruising for six innings is completely different than just like, oh, I threw 25 pitches an inning for four innings. It's like right. the, the pressure of long innings versus short innings versus like pitching with guys on base, guys not on base. And then also Nolan Ryan threw 235 pitches in a game once. Right. Like, right. That's 90. That's three times 90. Like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and then this idea that 
you're like in a perfect world, you're getting seven out of your starter, and then you're going to a setup guy, and then you're going to a closer is like, why? Like, to me, in a perfect world, I'm getting like seven plus from my starter and then putting in my closer. <laughs> right. I'm going like, from my like ace. Like 70s style. To my ace. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going yeah. from my ace of my fucking staff to my ace of my bullpen. Right. This whole, like, every team has an eighth inning guy, which works out about, like, 40% of the time because when do you use him? When do you take him out? You got to go to your closer for a four-pitch, for four-out save now, or don't you? And uh, what the Mets would do a couple of years ago, Addison Reed was would be dominating eighth innings. And then we just take him out because you got to go to your closer in the ninth. I'm like, gotta why? Go to Fugmiglia. Why? This yeah. dude just fucking shut them down in the eighth. Yeah. Well, I think baseball, especially with bullpens in the last 20 years, have just been like the NFL, a copycat league. You know, the Yankees did it their way where they made it a six-inning game and had, and then everybody tried to do that. Yeah. And then Kansas City a couple of years ago was like, throw five innings. We've got four studs who's going to each take an inning. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So – um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I love Tampa Bay being like, nobody comes to our games. We're talent deficient now. We're going to fuck around and do some shit. Yeah. Why not? And I don't even think it's a matter of like, like Sergio Romo starting games isn't selling any fucking tickets in Tampa <laughs> no, Bay. No. So it's not like this, this is, is a pure baseball reason. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, like, I'm all for that. Like yeah. uh, I, the same thing I was saying, I said this on a Mets podcast I did the last time I was in New York. Put it in the podcast, which mm-hmm. is a great Mets podcast that some guys I know run. Um, the Mets had the point where everybody's on a fucking pitch count, but there's also seven of these dudes from Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Wheeler, Lugo, Gesselman. Like, okay, fine. Split games. <laughs> right. Fine. We tomorrow, the tomorrow Matt and Gesselman are pitching. Yeah. You're both starting. Yeah. When do I come in? You're starting the fourth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're starting the fifth. Lugo and Syndergaard. Yeah. A big sweeping. Hey, it's how I do it with the gays. You know? Yeah. Cookie goes five. Dave Neal goes four. Whatever. You know? But I, And I don't, like, the question is, for because Tampa Bay is sort of like this also ran team, which mm-hmm. we are, we may or may not be dirty slidesing to another city Las very Vegas. soon. Yeah. <laughs> That they can get away with it, but like everybody else, is it like, is it agents? Is it the pitchers themselves? Like, who? Well, I think it would definitely affect their contracts. Yeah. You know, if you go from a starter to be like, well, I'm a half starter. Yeah. You know? Well, I pitched six innings a game. It's just the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Like, who gives a fuck? Uh, agents. Right. Agents. It's just how, how they pay everything, you know? So, yeah. That's, I think that's the only thing that's going to stop um, this from becoming practice um, because it's an innovative idea. And let's be, let's be honest. Baseball needs innovation. I, I think they 100% do, and I think it needs to be, you know, one thing. They need innovation, but fuck this shot clock bullshit. Right. Okay. The one thing that I say. hate about... So what the NFL does that I think is good and bad is that they – there's this move to, like, younger players because younger players don't cost as much. So now you can pay, like, the three stars you have this, like, absurd amount of money and then – like the you're gonna get this you're gonna get eighty percent of what you would get from a vet from this rookie, but he's gonna make you know ten percent of the money. Right. 
I understand that. I understand like that this is this is sports business, and you need to say like value versus production. Right. Great. We're looking at this in a reasonable sense, but what the NFL does wrong, in my opinion, is like none of these contracts are guaranteed. So like even if you are getting paid a ton of money, we'll just cut you whenever the fuck we want, right. and you're you're literally a piece of meat. Also, you're not allowed to have an opinion. Also, we prefer it if you're not black. Well, it's slave culture. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, but the idea that that baseball should steal is like, fine. We don't. I don't. We don't need an ace. We yeah. don't. Or or we or we need one ace. Or we need fucking two aces. And the rest of our like, I, I'm not against saying like you come playoff time. You need two fucking studs. You do right. There's no question. So, from the financial standpoint, your one stud is your quarterback. And your second stud is your lockdown corner. Yeah. And now, I literally, I want the rest of my pitching staff to just be, you're all playing all the time. And you're all not making that much money. Yeah. Because here's the deal. It's a long haul situation. I'm going to use you all hands on deck all the times, except for these two dudes who I'm just going to keep in form because come playoff time, I need two fucking big swinging dicks to shut people down. And if we're not a playoff contending team, then it's all hands on deck all the time. What about this? I like that, Joe. I do like that. But what about this? What about changing the substitution rule in baseball? Why, if you, you're out of the game, you're out? Yeah. Why? Why that? Especially when it's like almost not at any other level of baseball. Also, it's not in any other sport. And I yeah. get that this is baseball and everything else is everything else. But why not? Right. You know what I mean? Especially at the youth level, you know? Because, like, how how shitty is it when you're trying to learn the game, being like, okay, you get two at-bats, and then we got you can never come back in the yeah. game. Well, you're you can. I mean, in the lower levels, you can re-enter, yeah. but you can only re-enter a starter. Right. And you can only, like, why? Yeah. I, that's actually something I got. Um, so my final year that I coached in New York, and this is a strategy that I've used here, but it worked best my last season where we won the state championship in New York, yeah. I had one second baseman who was completely inept at hitting. Yeah. And but he was a good fielder. Not like a he was he was he was by no means an athlete. Yeah. He was in, he was in fact he was the antithesis of an athlete. Yeah. But he was he was like old man playing second base. He had old man game. Yeah. If you hit it right at him yeah, he's gonna field it. Yeah, and he's getting there. Yeah. yeah. Then we had another is he, guy. Is he one knee down guy? Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was two knees down guy. <laughs> he's a hockey goalie. Yeah. <laughs> the other guy. Shout out to Stephen Todras, by the way, who's probably an adult now. Yeah. Um, out of babe. The uh, the other guy could hit, could run, look like a ball player, acted like a ball player. Way questionable in the field. Yeah. Just like questionable. Yeah. Should should have been good. Wasn't good. Yeah. So I'd bat Todras ninth. Yeah. I'd let him play. Yeah. Until his first at bat, yeah, and I take him out, <laughs> and this kid would get in. He'd yeah. take his at bat. He'd right. play the next two, three, four innings yeah. until, it, and then I'd come then back. When it's to, crunch time, and I'd go back to Tadras for the for the defensive, yeah, late innings. Yeah. Like, that should be something that we can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, make use of all your players. Let let them all play, and like 
Talk about situational. Like it, it gives a manager something to do yeah. as well. You know what? It gives American League managers something to do. You know, they don't have to deal with it, you know, because of the DH. They basically, that's an easier job than a National League manager. It's ridiculous easy. And honestly, I, I'm of the belief, I've been saying this since Joe Torrey had Don Zimmer. If you're an American League manager, there should not be, you should not be allowed to have a bench coach. I think Don Zimmer was there just to have a friend. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you just, yeah. they just have a guy, what are you guys talking about? You're certainly not talking about substitutions. No, <laughs> like, no. You got a pitch. You're coach. just talking about things that people of your generation talk about. Yeah. Because what is Joe Torre going to say to Jason Giambi? Right. Like talk about Vegas and fucking weird drugs and weird sex stuff? <laughs> no. So uh, that's the Sergio. That's Sergio Romo is now opening for the Rays. Go. Go, Romo. Uh, a guy that came up during that conversation, Matt Harvey, mm-hmm. off to a hot start with the Reds. He, he wants his dude card back. He wants his dude card back. <laughs> he pitched six innings yesterday, gave up a homer, gave up, I believe, one run. Uh, I mean, I'm going with way too early to tell. This is his first game that he's pitched into the sixth. But do you think that there's anything to Matt Harvey not in New York, can't chase Poon, go to Rangers games, be spending money at fucking John Varvatos in Soho? Like, do I think there's anything to it? I think that's everything to it. You know? All we know is Will that Matt, Matt Harvey... Matt be- Harvey loves baseball more than he loves living in Cincinnati. Yeah. And his only way to get out of Cincinnati and, is and, be good at <laughs> baseball. And Matt Harvey loves everything about New York more than baseball. 100%. Like every every 100%. aspect of the city 100%. New York. You know? Will Matt Harvey be a – like, will anybody ever – like, will he be Can a you trust Matt to- Harvey again? Yeah, not even trust. Like, is yeah. it going to be like, oh, and these guys have – this and this and Harvey and like will will Harvey be a name that you're talking about like oh and yeah and he's in their rotation so you got Harvey will Harvey be a guy the Braves trade for to make the oh god the I push. hope so <laughs> I hope so that's one thing that that would make me so fucking happy <laughs> Matt Harvey gets, comes back to the NL East in oh, a pressure yeah. in a pressure oh, situation oh my god can you imagine that at city, what suddenly, is it, city he, suddenly he's spending time drinking hypnotics at black clubs around Atlanta, <laughs> like hanging out with fucking Usher and getting just, lit up and knocked over. Him, Usher, Dominique Wilkins at the strip club, at the Gold Club. Joey Bats, hey, jo- joined, he's a new Met. Joined my New York Mets yesterday. Uh, you loving it? No, <laughs> no, Not no. I mean, I don't hate it, right? But it's the same thing as. First of all, I hated the Jose Reyes signing when they re-signed him. That to me was I was like, he's a fucking wife abuser. He wasn't that good when that. he was here. He wasn't that good in Toronto. He wasn't that good in fucking Colorado. And I got Why my hands on back? a New York Post the other day yeah. at Rose Cafe, and there was this big article. I didn't really read it, but the, the headline was Jose Reyes terrible off the bench. Yeah. So oh, the, the headline the was bench, Jose Reyes fucking stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the headline. That's the headline. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with Reyes is like, oh, he's going to pinch run late in games. He's going to whatever. And then it's like, no, he started a third base for us. Yeah. What I like about Frazier hurt is that why? Yeah. yeah. What I liked about Joey Bats uh, signing was like, oh, just like a bopper off the bench. Like it's you're down two in a game. In the ninth, and yeah. a guy gets a leadoff walk. Sure, right. 
let's see what Joey Bass does. Then he, within an hour of being signed, he was penciled in to hit fifth and start in left field yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The but, I mean, Max. he's a better – right now, would you rather have him start at third base than Jose Reyes? 100%, I'd, I'd right? rather have anybody start at third base than Jose Reyes. Yeah. Hmm? But So maybe that's just trying to fix that Jose Reyes problem. And, you know, is it a complete solution? No. Is it better than Jose Reyes? Probably. Jose Reyes started yesterday, too. Oh, like well, that's, the, the, that's the issue. That, okay, well, then that goes back to your Mickey Calloway. Yeah. Are you, are you still in love with Mickey Calloway? I, well, I don't know what to make of Mickey Calloway. Like, I've never seen somebody... Now, they asked Mickey Callaway about Jose Reyes yesterday, and he's like, I can only play the guys that are here. Not exactly a ringing endorsement of Jose Reyes, you know? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it's just, he was making, he was literally making all the right moves for, you know, the better part of a month. Yep. And then just seemed to lose his feel. Yeah. Like, I've never seen I've never seen it from a managerial standpoint where you're like calling all the right plays, calling all the right, making all the right moves. You didn't know managers just, could go so cold. I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't even know you could lose your feel for the game so much. Right. Like, right. I've never because the one thing that I liked about Mickey Callaway, I think I have a pretty fantastic managerial approach when I get to know my guys yeah. and when I get to whatever. And and I've. I've had people tell me, like I've had guys I've coached with and guys I've that have coached for say like, oh, like you got this. I don't know what the, I don't know where you come up with half this yeah. shit. Yeah. So you're gonna start Todras? Why are you gonna start Todras? I'm like, look, yeah. here's the thing. I'm gonna bat him ninth when he's he's never gonna hit. Yeah. The spot's gonna come up. Yeah. Then I'm gonna take him out. This yeah. guy's gonna play for a couple innings. Then I'll yeah. go back in. Maximizing your talent. Yeah. Like. Pfft. Brilliant. Right. So is Mickey Callaway maximizing the I feel talent like he's he has? Cougar. I feel like he's I feel like he's, he's the cooler he was, right now. He, he, I feel like he's Cougar from Top Gun. Yeah. yeah. He was the best. Yeah. He lost, he lost his, his stuff, edge. Turned in his wings. Yeah. <laughs> I like I don't I wanna I wanna fly up next to fucking I wanna fly up next to Mickey Callaway in the dugout and be like, anybody seen a fucking anybody seen a goddamn uh you know fucking what are they called? When the with the, the the boats the plane boat oh the air, aircraft carrier yeah around anybody here? seen an aircraft carrier around here easy <laughs> like, cougar yeah, nice and easy hey anybody seen an aircraft carrier around here yeah so uh, Mickey Callaway's got the shakes yeah he's Mickey got the Callaway's cougar I almost wore for my wife and son out there today sir <laughs> dude it's just a baseball game yeah. relax chill out cougar all right well from now on Mickey Callaway's cougar yeah, until proven yeah. otherwise. Like a fucking total boss, like a total dude. <laughs> yeah, the dude of all dudes. And he just he's lost more his of a dude, dude than Maverick. Right, right, lost it, lost it. Turned in his wings. <laughs> Jordan Hicks, who came up, uh, made made his appearance with the Cardinals, has now he threw four pitches of a hundred and five miles an hour. I don't know if you saw it. G- I, I just saw it on Bleacher Report Disgusting before I got home. Disgusting yeah. movement. Really? Disgusting movement to the point that I forget who it was who was hitting for the Phillies. Struck out but still made it to first base because, like, his 105-mile-an-hour fastball moved so much that the catcher catcher didn't handle it. it. Yeah. He's also doing this with the exact – he's basically a mirror image of Araldis Chapman. Is he right-handed so it's, like, the other side? So it's this, like – 
high leg kick, but like not that high. You know, like not the absurd, but like kind of like the but tight to his yeah, body, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Like the, the, the like raised in kick, the ass is out, and then like baseball to ear. Yeah, you know, not like the swooping right. like bird like that. Like that straight back yeah. kind of fucking Randy Johnson, like three quarters, right? And then za three quarters. Like like a javelin, yeah. Like boom. So wow. to me, this Must is. Be nice. I mean, I guess this is how you throw really, really, really hard. Really hard. <laughs> like, I guess that's how big a guy is he? Is he's, he six five? He's not. I, you know, that's a good question. He doesn't. He's not like Chapman big. Chapman six six, possibly six seven. I mean, he's a abnormally large. Yeah, and like fella. broad shoulders. Yeah. Just a Dominican Adonis. Let's see what he what the we proto got for Dominican. Uh, six two. Okay, so he's not he's six not, two six two one eighty five. So he's not a prototype at all. No, he's a normal. He's Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's okay. High school, he's high school Joe Prano. Yeah. <laughs> which makes me sick. Um, plus forty five pounds. Right. Um. Yeah. So, well, yay mechanics, right? Yeah, but I that, mean, but, but that my point is like, I, if and this if, is post Tommy John. Yeah. If there's young baseball players out there, you know, we get we've gotten a lot of technical baseball questions yeah. lately. Uh, this is how you throw really hard. Yeah. Apparently, like, yeah. This is Go it. Go look at Jordan Hicks. Yeah. Apparently, okay. And and are all the Chapmans like they've given you the blueprint? Right. There's only two guys throwing 105. So, yeah. Those are the ones. So all you short righties who throw 90 and have trouble getting sniffed, go look at these, these dudes, you know? And then probably do HGH. Yeah, definitely definitely do that. And the final uh, story on our list today before we move on to uh, – it's going to be kind of a user-friendly – we're already in an hour, so we're going okay. to have to pick it up. But uh, before we go to slide into the DMs and dude or not a dude – Lenny Dykstra was arrested was arrested for threatening an Uber, threatening to kill an Uber driver who wouldn't like change his address. Oh, that, Which, that by w- the way, Uber like, he, I mean, I, I'm just assuming Lenny like didn't know how to put an address change in because they they don't really have an option. Do they, they not? You just like put you just change the address and it fucking changes the address and then they oh, okay. charge you whatever that is. Yeah, so it's really it's it's user friendly is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Lenny threatened them, and then the dude, so what the guy did, after Lenny threatened him, he pulled into a parking garage near the police station, started honking his horn, then pulled into the police station itself, got out of the car, the police came, Lenny had coke, and MDMA, MDMA, and, and you know, some and weed not a gun, even though the uh, Uber driver says he was threatened with a gun. Apparently, he did not have a gun. Did not he just said he had a gun. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a gigolo move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the move of a guy who's on cocaine. Yeah. I got a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? I'll kill you. I got yeah. a gun. Well, I did have a gun. Oh, shit. I forgot my gun. Which is why I always sit in the back seat of an Uber. Because if you need to threaten the Uber driver with a gun, you can't do it from the front seat if you're not actually holding a gun. I mean, it's a, that's, just a, that's just veteran savvy right there, yeah. Joe. Sit, yeah. When you sit in an Uber... You're always in the back, right? Always. And do you sit opposite the driver? Yeah. Or does, it, sit, or does it depend what side you get in on? I or? mean, I, I I feel like I usually sit opposite the driver. Yeah, I sit behind the passenger seat. Yeah, yeah, behind the passenger seat. So, you know, I can see the guy 
you know, I think it's weird to sit behind a person totally when you're the only person in in the car. Yeah, I think that's odd. So yeah, yeah. I sit behind it's the, the guy. Only, it's the only place you can sit. Is yeah. this, is is behind you know, the, the passenger seat? If I'm feeling chit chatty, I'll give him a little chit chat. If I'm not, I'll I'll be friendly but quiet. Yeah, yeah. I I've taken to wearing headphones now. Yeah, just because like I don't. I don't even want like a little bit. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll get in, I'll be like, oh, look, this dude's got fucking good music on and like cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Like, whatever. But like, nah. I'm yeah. Not. yeah, I don't need any new friends. Right? Never, never get in the front seat, right? No. 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 That's uh, that's his area. On the now defunct Kooks of Comedy podcast, Lachlan, I, Lachlan would get in the front seat with an Uber driver. That's uh that's like a power move. It's kind I of like a feel creeper like, like, move. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a creeper move, but it's also, I mean, like Lyndon Johnson used to. Like uh, shit with the door open and talk to people is his yeah. power move, you know. You're like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm invading your space. Yeah, my yeah. brother, a more in common with Lyndon Johnson than I knew. <laughs> 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 my brother's a big fucking shit with the door open guy. Yeah. So the- Lenny Dykstra, he's threatening Uber drivers. He's in, this is all happening in Jersey. Right. It's just another Tuesday for Lenny Dykstra. Let's be. This is in Jersey. It's not in Sydney Valley. Is he allowed to be in California anymore? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of Jersey, the, all the, time. the good news is Jersey ne- Jersey's never banned anybody. What? Jersey's, yeah. you're, there's nobody that's like on parole from Jersey. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's kind of like Australia. I guess Florida is our yeah. Australia. But, yeah. Yeah. But it's related, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, there's a lot of guys who are in the witness protection program that were supposed to be moved out of Jersey, and they're like, nah, I'm staying. Nah, nah, this is and good like, for me. Mm, you should really leave. Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I me got and Lenny this. are going to hold up an Uber later. <laughs> is, is Lenny Dykstra as a great Met, which he was, he really was a great Met, is he disappointing to you, or is he every bit the Lenny Dykstra that you know, you saw. I, I mean, how could you see him as a as a right. kid this way? But right. like, he hasn't changed one bit. He's no. gone extra Lenny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this is not really that surprising. I mean, fucking nails. It wasn't that surprising when he started doing steroids. It wasn't not that at surprising. All. I mean, yeah. he was. What sad for me is like I don't give a shit what Lenny does after the fact. He was a great Met when he was there, and we still like. We were, we could have had Lenny, who finished second in the MVP voting to Barry Bonds. Right. Roided out Lenny, which we, was a great player. Yeah. yeah. We could have had Kevin Mitchell, who won the MVP. Oh, yeah. And we could have had Strawberry in right field. So that could have been the outfield for a while. Yeah. I guarantee you, Lenny and Kevin Instead, Mitchell. Instead, we went with Juan Samuel. In center, right? Yeah. Who wasn't he a second baseman, though? Kevin McDowell. Or oh. Kevin, sorry, Kevin McReynolds. Talk about a nondescript white baseball Kevin player, Kevin McReynolds. And fucking cracked out Strawberry. Yeah. That was a bad move. Yeah, it was terrible. But I'll tell you this. If Kevin Mitchell and roided out Lenny Dykes were on the same team, um, Kevin Mitchell would have knocked his ass out every day. And they would have been awesome. And they would have been awesome. And yeah. anything would be And maybe be somebody would have knocked the crack out of Daryl's hand. Yeah. Or the coke out of fucking Daryl's hand. The crack out of Duck's hand. And that, actually, the worst thing they ever did was trade Kevin Mitchell for Kevin McReynolds. Because as Kevin Mitchell grew in that clubhouse, he would have knocked all nonsense out of that clubhouse. But what it kept, you know, you needed a, a certain level of nonsense. Yeah. But when, you know, Doc and Daryl went complete Doc and Daryl, 
He would have knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah. Set him straight. Uh, what I'll never, Look. I'll literally never get over that. That was the, they got eighty six, and that's it. No, it's it's true. That's disappointing because that was a hell of a team. They traded them all away. Gross, disgusting. Whatever happened to Rafael Santana? By the way, I believe he became Carlos Santana and now plays guitar uh, for you know, hey Grammys. Great pivot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's smooth. He was smooth on the field. He was smooth smooth on the field. Smooth on stage. Uh, We are going to do, it's going to be an all, from from here on out, we're just going to do, it's going to be a user-generated rest of the show. Dirty slides into our DMs. Yeah. Um, We've gotten a lot of great We've got a lot of great ones. I'm going back, I think it's four days ago now that um, I saw, I'm going to do, I'm going to read everyone starting with Kyle Quicks. Uh-huh. I remember Kyle's from four days ago. It was a great question. And uh, we'll start with Kyle, and we'll do everyone more recent than Kyle's. Kyle Quick at KQuick9 asks, Hey, fellas, question for the pod. We got that. Uh, <laughs> do you think if you put Greg Maddox on the mound today in his prime, he'd be able to do this? Or are hitters too good today? Thanks. Uh, there was also a... I don't know what the fuck's going on with Dirty Slides Twitter, but it says this message includes potentially sensitive content, and I have to change some setting. Yeah, but I'm gonna assume it's. Greg I just Maddox assume that's all Andy dominating. Ruther. Yeah, yeah, Andy Ruther stuff. So. I'm also gonna assume whatever he sent that is re- in reference to would he be able to do this? Is Greg Maddox doing Greg Maddox things, which was 100 percent dominating? Yes, hitters. Yeah, he would carve today's hitters just like he carved yesterday's hitters. And the proof of that to me is Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Lost all the heat. Yeah. Learned how to pitch. Yeah. You know, became a poor man's. He became a fat poor man's Greg Maddox in his in his later years, and yeah. he wins fourteen games. Yeah, and it, it, like if any of you sliders are like don't know, never saw Greg Maddox, or you, you go go watch him on YouTube because at, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about a lot of like the, the changes in baseball and what could be changed and what. Whatever. The end of the day, the best pitch is a well placed fastball. Yep. And, and it doesn't have to be that hard. No. And it's all about change of speeds. It's all about not missing over the plate. Right. And uh shout out to Bo Blaha who gave us our first round of dirty slides mail. Yes. He sent us Thank two you, Bo. sent us two mad libs and he sent us uh I'm Keith Hernandez, yeah. which is Keith Hernandez's new memoir. And I'm I just started that yesterday and Early in the book, first chapter, it might even be the f- in his like intro, he talks about facing um, Tom Seaver, mm. and he first he starts Was with Tom Seaver with the Mets or the Reds with the then? Reds. Yeah, he talks about him facing him the first time and how good he is, and he comes out and he's just, he's just fucking carving dudes, and he comes back to the. Uh, he comes back to the dugout. He's like, wow, he's throwing hard. And somebody like Lou Brock or something is like, you should have seen him five years ago. And then the next time he faces Seaver, Seaver has nothing. Yeah. He's got nothing on his fastball. But he says, he you know, he's pitching like he has nothing on his fastball. He's not missing over the plate. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's dancing the corners, but he's mixing his pitches well. And, uh, the guy who was telling the story goes, well, and how did he do that night? And he goes, he threw a no-hitter. <laughs> His only career no-hitter. No hitter. And, and he had nothing. And he had nothing. And Keith Hernandez says every time he sees him, he reminds him, you had nothing that day. And Seaver agrees with him. 
receiver who had so much stuff had a no-hitter the night. He didn't have anything. And it's almost like he just concentrated that much more on location and on switching speeds and on not relying on just being a fucking boss. And guile and balls. Yeah. And, and that's Greg Maddox's entire Entire career. career. And it goes back to the universal truth of sometimes nothing is a really cool hand. Yeah. Rich Montmini at Rich Montmini on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I joined a 38-plus men's baseball league. Wow. First of all, I got to get in one of those. Yeah. Wow. After being away from the game for 27 years. God yes. bless. 27? Yeah. Damn. Yes, seriously. I played in high school, which means, you know, 18 plus 27 is 45. Okay, yeah. I played in high school and didn't pick up a bat again until January. Didn't pick up a baseball again until January of this year. Suffice to say, it's a long road back. I'm hitless so far this season, and I'm wondering if you guys have any proven tricks for getting out of the mother of all slumps. And I have a girlfriend, so Slump Buster is out. <laughs> Maybe this is a perfect time to see if there's such a thing as the dirty slides bump. We, I mean, okay, yeah, we shall see. My first question, and I'd love to get a response from Rich on this, is what happened? Right. Why, why leave the game for 27 years? Was there an emotional, you know, a terrible loss, a, ter- you know, a terrible memory? Well, you know? I think, I mean, I think for we lo- all have that. I think for a lot of people, high school is the end of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then what, you know, you play what, softball, right. you play, you know, like yeah. I played, I played post high school, but like I haven't, I haven't played, I played two seasons of like summer, like college ball yeah. post high school. And then that was like it, you yeah. know, and then I've played, I've. I've dabbled in men's leagues like throughout the years, like because yeah. I was always around enough. Like I, there's always a guy like Alaz around. It's like I got a team. I need an arm. I need an arm. Yeah. I need a guy to troll center field today. Sure. And I need a guy yeah. to throw, play third bits softball. So I think for a lot of guys, baseball is the end. So first of all, props to props Rich to you for, for, sorry. for picking for, it up for, again. Yeah, absolutely. My answer. So it's it's a weird. Uh, it's hard for me to say. So what I always tell guys, um, especially like. When my high school guys will go play summer ball, mm-hmm. they'll say, hey, you know, they'll call me up. Hey, coach, I'm slumping. I'm not doing it. I like, can you come watch a game? And my first question is always, I get you're slumping, but tell me how you're slumping. Right. Like, how what, are you hitting the ball? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, if you're Kang all the time, that's one type of slump. If yeah. you're rolling over and grounding out, yeah. if you're hitting weak pop-ups, if you're... Like, I mean, slumps usually don't last too long if you're screaming line drives at dudes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just keep hitting the ball right at guys. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not slumping. But uh, so it, it's tough. I, I mean, do you have any advice, sight unseen, for like uh, uh, an out to, to help right, a guy out guy, of a slump? Yeah, I mean, sight unseen, this is what I would tell him, is I would say go to your local batting cage, get a lesson, and tell the guy – Get me in a good position to hit, and he should know what that means, and that will help you. And really what you want to do is just get yourself in the most athletic position, um, your front foot down. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Get your front foot down. Be ready to hit. By the time the ball comes out, get yourself 
give yourself a chance to put a good pass on the on the ball every single time. So that's what I would tell him sight unseen. My advice would be very similar, which is sometimes I'll say, and it's and especially for a guy who's 27 years removed from the game of baseball, yeah. is there's a lot of things that you know go into a swing, your trigger, your picking your foot up. Uh, putting your foot down, all that. Sometimes uh, build it back up from the beginning. Like take the step out of it entirely. You know, sure. Widen your stance a little. Have your foot down before you pick your foot up. Do a little Albert Pujols uh, twisty. Uh, you know, a guy I always loved watching growing up was Ripken. Mm-hmm. Um, his batting stance. The man of many stances. Yeah, batting stance changing all the time. He'd be out in front. A lot. So then suddenly he, you know, suddenly his bat was a little bit more down on his shoulder or yeah. a little bit. And then, you know, he's, and I, I'm sure a lot of it came with him not ever taking a day off. Oh, suddenly he's slow to the ball. Right. And now his bat's already facing, you know, he's halfway through his swing and now he's kind of slapping at it. My advice would be maybe just if you've got a step, lose the step entirely. And I always tell guys, as far as contact goes, lead with the knob of the bat. Take bat knob to baseball. Yeah. So hands to the ball first. Yeah. Um, instead of you know thinking about swinging and thinking about where you're going to barrel it and what you know are you going to hit to right or are you going to hit to left. Yeah. I, I'd almost say widen your stance, keep your foot down, and just think about taking the, your hit hands everything. to the baseball. Yeah. And start with contact, and and slumps a lot of times like shitty ground balls are base hits. Yeah. Like a lot. Right. And that's a start. Yeah. To getting yourselves like out. Like if you look at a, an infield, yeah, like a medium rolling ground ball, there's seventy percent of that infield where if you hit the ball, it's a hit. Yeah. Like to me, uh, when I was in a slump and then I hit a line drive to center field, I'm back. Right. You know, stay up the middle. Um, by the way, where is Rich? Where is where is Rich? Where is he coming from? Is doesn't say. Okay. All right. Never mind. <laughs> you know, because if he's in California and Florida, yeah, Texas, Arizona, there should be a lot of of help available. You know, if he's in Minnesota, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? So that's all I was going to say. Uh, this one from Christian Despo. Very French. Despo. At Christian Despa. D-E-S-P-E-A. The Despa. And, and that's short. He, he left the U-X off of his full name. Probably ran out of characters. I actually didn't read this one, but it was it's part of my uh, – it's in the list. So here we go. Reading it for the first time. Okay. Question for you guys. Joe once said he would give everyone a chance to defend their fandom. I am an LSU basketball, baseball, and football fan, a New Orleans Saints fan, and a Memphis Grizzlies fan. But I'm also a New York Yankee fan. My family were all shrimp fishermen in Louisiana, and the only games they could get way out on the boat were Yankees and Cardinals. And the rumor goes my grandfather beat the shit out of someone in the Cardinals organization, so the Yankees were the only team they could listen to, and it got passed down ever since. Is this a valid fandom, and when is it okay for a person to be a fan of a team where they aren't from? Uh, first of all, is that a valid fandom? Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. 100% yes. It's one of the greatest fandom stories I've ever heard. Right. It's fantastic. Uh, when is And what's the second question? And when is it okay for a person to be a fan of a team where they aren't from? My rule is always, like, I, there's a lot of things grandfathered in is, mm-hmm. like, a term that it fits perfectly for baseball. It's like, yeah. hey, my grandfather's from 
Brooklyn. Yeah. So we were Dodgers fans, and I live in Minnesota, so yeah. I'm a fucking Dodgers fan. Yeah. Or I'm a whatever. Like, this, you know, uh, there's also the teams that w- where you're from somewhere that doesn't have a team. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with you choosing teams. Yeah, the, I don't think there's the, the a... issue is the, my issue is always like I'm from Oklahoma. We don't have any professional sports teams, so I'm a Yankees, Golden State Warriors, right. Dallas Cowboys fan. Right? And you're like, no, what the fuck? Or a Patriots fan? You know? I, I think it's as long as you have a reason. Yeah. And a reason like that. If you said that to me. Uh, the only thing I could surmise uh, as what your reason are is because those are the best teams, so I'm yeah. just that guy, which says to me a lot about you. You really don't care that much. Right. You know, you don't care that much. Any reason but, and is I'll, a good I'll also, reason. Like, but, you know, the, the, and it's also funny when you like the guys are like a Lakers, Cowboys, and you're like, oh, you so you you didn't have a team, but you became a fan in like the 90s. Right. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so then you picked all fine. the good teams then. Isn't, that's fine. You're like, look. I grew up in the 90s. We didn't have a team. Fucking the triplets were awesome. I'm a cowboy fan. Yeah. Okay. My, my, my answer for that's always like like if and, – and for the kids out there, I don't know how many young kids are listening to the yeah. Dirty Slides or how many people without a, a professional baseball home. But like let's say you're a – you live in a place. You're in North Dakota or whatever and you don't mm-hmm. have a team. Um, and you go, man, I just love these fucking Warriors so much. Like, I right. love this Warriors team. Uh, I'm, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. Love the Warriors. But what, how about being a Giants and a Niners fan then and just fucking just picking it up? And then just going out there and going to games in the Bay yeah. and like going with, like, I'm cool with that. And, and this is a great one. It, it reminds me of Brett Ernst. Who's yeah. a Jersey guy that Who's moved to Florida. Who's a Cowboys fan. And his yeah. story is, I don't know if you ever heard it. His he's a Cowboys fan because when he was a kid, his dad was rooting psychotically for the Cowboys, and he just picked up on it. Yeah. And then he mentioned it to his dad later, and his dad's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I must have had a ton of money on that game." <laughs> but like, so Brett like somehow got looped into thinking his dad was like a psychotic Cowboys fan when yeah. in reality, his dad's a degenerate good gambler. gambler. <laughs> so basically, any reason is a good reason as long as it's a reason. Yeah, as long as you're not picking some shithead team. Yeah. Because, you because know. Because they're the best. They're the best. Yeah. But, and but also, even if you're picking a shithead team because they're the best, there should be a reason why. Yeah. Not just they're the best. Like, just for example, for the Warriors, if I'm in North Dakota, I'm like, you know what? I love the Warriors. They're the best. I love their style of play. I love yeah. the way they play. That's fine. Yeah, or yeah. like uh, CT, who's a, a a big fan of of the Dirty Sports Podcast Network. He roots for the Warriors because he went to Washington State and Clay went to Washington State. It's cool, like, great. That's a cool. Yeah. Any and, reason? And then is there's a good no reason. team in Seattle, and so there. Yeah. But, but, but the the other thing is, you know. If you're going to go, like, what sport do you fucking care about? Fine. Pick that team. And then go along for the ride. Right. You're yeah. a Pats fan? Be a fucking Celtics fan. Pick it up. Pick up a, an area. But don't be a Pats fan and then go every year to fucking Gillette Stadium and hang around a bunch of racist white mass holes and then also root against the Lakers and beat, uh, you know, beat, be a fucking, uh, yeah. be a, or sorry, root against the Celtics and be a Lakers fan. Right. You know, or be a LeBron fan. Right. No, like you've already aligned yourself with these people. Yeah. Be one of these people. Also, don't have 12 favorite teams. Yeah. You know? You, like, you can have 
a National League favorite team and an American League favorite team, but that's it. No, you don't have five favorite teams. Right. Yeah, that that would drive like, me crazy. Like, you know, uh, the, the what was it? Oh, sorry, what was his name? Christian. Totally also acceptable if Christian had said, "Hey, I'm a you know I'm I'm a LSU everything guy, mm-hmm. and I um, you know who's a fucking big time LSU baseball player like Nomar? No, Nomar. Oh, you know Georgia who Tech. is? I think uh, uh, Bergman. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Or, so, or, or you know, I was, he was a big Jason Veritek fan back in the day. Yeah, so right, he went yeah. fucking Red Sox. It's like right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, totally. Just okay with how, that. Uh, have and, a reason and your shrimp boat." Reasoning and your grandfather beating up a Cardinals. It's fucking fa- amazing. Fantastic. Yes. Question for you. More fandom question. This from Nick Nusted at N underscore Nustad. I know Joe always bashes millennial Cubs fans. So I was curious what label I fall under and what I should do. I'm from North Dakota and became a Cubs fan through my father since it was the only team besides the shitty-ass twins we could watch on TV. I proceeded to go a few years without paying much attention as I was distracted by puberty and pornography. (laughs) After high school, six-ish years ago, I started caring again and have commuted to three games in Wrigley. As I continue to brush off my bandwagon chirps, I was curious what you experts think about my fandom. Do you think I'm a true Cubs fan or should I kill myself? <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, you know, you, you enjoyed the Cubs with your dad. You were a Cubs fan. You just, you know, you just went on an adventure for a while. Now you're coming back and they happen to be winning. So some, you know, maybe, maybe Joe will call you a bandwagon no. Cubs fan. Well, yeah, but I mean, he came around at the right time. They're yeah. winning and Sometimes whatever. things but, work out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, he, I think he's fine. Sometimes things work out. And, you know, we just talked a lot about fandom, but what I'll say is like, you know, you may have not actually stuck it out through, you know, some lean years. Yeah. Okay, you were jerking off, and yeah. that's great. Dude, those are you all. You were jerking off instead of watching Eric Carroll's play? That's yeah. fine. Yeah, but you know what? Embrace the Cubs the way your dad embraces the Cubs. Embrace that the Cubs, that it was 100 years. Yeah. And the, the problem I have is, you know, all these Cubs fans that didn't care about the Cubs because the Cubs stunk. Yeah. Now care about the Cubs and act like, oh, well, we're going to win the World Series every year. We're the Cubs. It's like, guys, you won once in 100 years. Yeah. You're, the, you're supposed to be the lovable losers. Settle Drink down. your beer. Eat your sausage. Embrace <laughs> the fact that you just won a World Series. Embrace Bill Murray. Yeah. Embrace Eddie Vedder. Yeah. You embrace know. David Ross. Yeah. Embrace Wrigley fucking Field. Go Cubs, go. And, go, and, and be, be a Cubs fan, yeah. you know? Don't – you're not the Yankees. Yeah. You know? Stop just acting re- like you're the Yankees. Just relax. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick, don't be don't be good. don't go Red Sox Nation right way. Yeah. Another Nick, Nick Treadwell. Dirty slides topic. Walk up music for batters closer. What works? What doesn't? What would your chosen what would be your chosen songs? I think I would try to choose something that ties in with the city I was playing for to make it fun for fans. This is a great point and one I absolutely agree with. One thing is certain. There's too much bro country being used these days. Went to four different MLB stadiums last year, and it's a damn epidemic. Luke Bryan is not dude walk-up music. Love the podcast. Keep it up, fellas. Here's a good story for you. Uh, We have got a rookie on the gays this year. As you know, the gays do have walk-up music. My walk-up music is It's Tricky. Um it's just that that point where it's like, but 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 here we go, yeah. like you know that that's it. Um, 
Uh, Christian Bueno, rookie gays catcher, wanted Luke Bryan some. I listened to it. I said, no. Yeah. No, this is not what we do here. So he's absolutely right. There's way too much bro country music. Way too much. Way too much. To me, to me, there's a couple of different options. Mm-hmm. You can go... You can go like badass. Mm-hmm. You can go funny. silly. Yeah, yes. silly. Yeah, or you can go like you can go where it's where the the actual words that are being said are kind of make sense to the situation. Yeah, uh, I forget who it was. Somebody asked me a while ago, and I said like, uh, and when I did have the choice, I went with uh, "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster." Yeah, and. It's just got a good vibe. Yeah. It's calming me down. Yeah. It does feel good to be a gangster. Yeah. And I want to be in a good mood whenever I'm doing whatever. Right. So then I was uh, at a Mets game. I think it was maybe right before I left New York. And one of the Mets guys came up to 50 cents. I run New York. Yeah. And I was like, yes. That's cool. This is boss. Yeah. Yeah. You are like. Yeah. Yes. yes. This is the fucking answer. Um, so Joanna Cespedes was coming up to the Lion King. Okay, now that's silly, but I think in his brain. Now this happens sometimes because yeah. once I came up to your kisses on my list and I thought this was this is funny, yeah. but it just doesn't work. Yeah, you know sometimes they just don't work. But and, you know that's why you experiment with these and things. I thought the Lion King worked fantastically. Maybe it did. Yeah, maybe it did. But I think there's sometimes you get into these when you're getting silly. Sometimes shit works and some shit doesn't. Yeah. But I, I applause anybody for you know testing. Shit I remember out. one point, uh, my buddy who was playing like minor league ball came up to uh, All Star by Smash Mouth, yeah. and I was like, I, I was like, I'm not sure that this run. is enough removed from that song coming out that this right. is now ironic. Yeah. I don't think you should do this. Yes, <laughs> like, I, I agree. I think this is bad. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea. I, I think you're trying to be funny, but yeah. I don't think it's working it's, yet. It's, like, yeah. in 2018, if you came up to All-Star, now that's pretty funny. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if you like just made the All-Star team yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I 100% agree with one thing. The dude fucking bro country. Absolutely not. No. Um, no. You want to come come up to like some Willie song or you know some old school real like I don't know real country but like the, any kind of country where dudes got silk shirts on go fuck yourself right yeah and uh, the other one I loved when I would go to Dodgers games uh, is Adrian Gonzalez would come up to Trace Delincuentes. <laughs> that's fantastic yeah well we got Marcos Perez comes up to Lachona. Really? It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and this will be our last dirty slide into the DMs. This is from Clay at Hartnez. What's up, guys? As a failed college ball player, I'm loving the show so far. When I used to pitch, most of my success came from fucking with batters' heads since my fastball had no chance of topping 86. Multiple windups, quick pitching, or just standing there and Love waiting. Love that. Just standing there waiting for the batter to call time. My yeah. question is, what's the best story you guys have involving the mental aspect of the game or just fucking with opponents in general? Keep up the good work. Joey Votto for Prime Minister of Duderton. Wow, I'd have to think about this one. Um, like fucking, oh, jeez. I don't know. I might have to take a week and, and kind of jog the memory about this. 
Um, I know one guy I faced in Arizona. Anytime uh, I'm just lefty on lefty, he not only had the lefty stop and hold, yeah. which fucks, you know, can fuck you up. He also did stop and hold. Flip a do with the glove. Yeah. Come out here, flip, 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 and then go. So, like, anything that kind of fucks with your timing is is great. And that's why, you know, good on dude throwing 86 to get a little Johnny Johnny Bueno going. My, I think my most over-the-top mental dude moment would be uh, for a while when I was uh, a young pitcher and I was – Throwing like when I, you know, there's that point in your career, especially for a guy who like goes on to play high school ball, college ball, whatever, where you are better than everybody else. Where guys are like watching, oh, how hard does he throw? I would throw my warm up pitches before the first inning, fucking everywhere. <laughs> the in, old nuke Lelouch into the fucking backstop, yeah. into the stands. He doesn't fuck, know where I, it's going. I'd hold the ball on. I yeah. hold the ball too long. One time I did this. Perez wrapped around, threw it behind me into the outfield. I was like, I'm lost. I'd, I'd walk around. I'd fucking look at my glove. That's fantastic. And then uh, I would throw the first one like over the dude's head. And then just once everybody was off balance. Yeah. Then you'd come back and come be back like, and just, I'm Joe Prano. So that was my move. That's fantastic. Laz, you have to piss. Laz, give us your just say goodbye and we'll just wrap this up right now. I'll be, wait, we're not going to do dude, not a dude? Okay, yeah. We, we got to do go dude, piss. not a dude. So. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to I'll pull up this question. Somebody else had one in here. Laz has to piss because he's an adult. Uh, we've got, let's find it. Chase Vaughn at C underscore Vaughn three. I've got an idea for next episode's theme for dude or not a dude. Top five dudes from the steroid era. Yours and Laz's top five each. So, let's see. My, my top five dudes from the steroid era. Why don't we do this, Laz? Why don't we do... He asked for our top five dude or not a dudes from the steroid era. So, what I'm going to do is... Love it. I'm going to throw... Let's do this. Let's do five names from the steroid era. We decide if they're dudes or and not 